Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! If you don't mind, just turning with me to Jonah. Um, for those of, of us who have been in church long enough, hopefully you're familiar with the story of Jonah. Um, yeah, as you're turning there, Jonah chapter 1, uh, we're just going to read the first seven verses. Uh, but even as you're thinking through and all that, uh, but yeah, this is just one of my, as a child, as a child, I guess this is one of my favorite stories. You can imagine all the little illustrations of like the big fish and the boat and Jonah, things like that. Uh, I think it just brings back some nice memories. Uh, so yeah, even as we read, uh, I'm just going to take us in. Uh, it says in Jonah chapter one, verse one says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh. And preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. Verse 3 says, But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went abroad and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Hands up for those who can sleep absolutely anywhere. Um, The captain went to him and said, how can you sleep? Get up and call your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, come. Let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. Unlucky Jonah. Um, yeah. Um, for those of you who may be familiar with this, uh, obviously the story does go on, and Jonah is eventually uh, swallowed by a great fish. Uh, but we'll get into more of that later. Um, but yeah, if we just want to flash up um, the Bible verse again. Um, Obviously, this, this Bible verse is a bit strange. It doesn't exactly show confidence, after all. I mean, Jonah eventually fled from the Lord. Um, so, I mean, when, when I was preparing for this sermon and being instructed to preach from this verse, I was kind of like, oh, why couldn't I just preach from, like, David slaying Goliath or, or Moses parting the Red Sea? Something which actually shows a bit of courage and a bit more confidence. Uh, but we're going to dive in a bit deeper. Um, so, what is this Bible verse showing us? So, uh, we know that Jonah was called by the Lord himself to go to preach Nineveh, right? Uh, and Jonah, obviously, you can see here, fled from the Lord and headed elsewhere. Uh, so, why exactly did he flee? Um, actually, if you turn to like Jonah chapter 4, uh, we're not going to read through it, but I trust that you're all very good at homework. I mean, you all study here. Um, but yeah. We're not going to go into it, but if you read in chapter 4, uh, Jonah actually flees because uh, he actually doesn't want Nineveh to be saved. Um, he doesn't feel that Nineveh deserved saving, um, which is kind of strange because obviously, us as believers, um, we're all obviously called to be forgiving, called to be loving, right? Um, so obviously looking at this story here of Jonah leaving and fleeing uh, and obviously saving Nineveh, It's kind of a bit of a horrible thing to say, a horrible thing to to, to do, isn't it? Um, But actually, let's take a step back, um, because let me ask something a bit more personal. Don't need to put your hand up or anything like that. But um, how many of us here have actually 
been afraid of God not fulfilling something that we really want. Or another way of putting it could be, have you ever been afraid of God saying no to something? Um, I hope we all can share that experience. I'm not asking you to, to share it now. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we can relate. Hopefully we can all kind of uh, tie in with that. Uh, but that's kind of what Jonah's actually experiencing here. See, Jonah has this itch where he sees what's happening in Nineveh, sees all the wickedness that's happening, and kind of wants justice, right? I mean, sometimes we get in fights and we kind of really want to, like, shake someone, really want to, like, punish them a bit. We're very nice people here, don't worry. Um, but I think that's kind of what, in, in a grand scheme of things, that Jonah is experiencing here. There's, a, there's an itch which God is almost refusing to scratch for him, um, which is ironic because, obviously, Jesus is calling Jonah to go and preach to Nineveh, um, something which Jonah obviously does not want to do, and so he flees. Um, and you can imagine Jonah, when God calls him, can you go preach this place? He's kind of like, why? I just don't want to do that. And actually, some of us can also experience and, and, and feel that way as well, um, especially when God is um, telling us no or telling us it's not for us, right? Um, so like Jonah, we all have very personal and deep desires, right? Uh, we all have dreams, we all have aspirations. Uh, it might not be to the degree of Jonah where he just wants to see a whole city burn down and fall. Um, I, I hope not. If, if you do, then please come and we'll pray for you. Um, but yeah, we all have like deep personal want, th things that we want, things that we need or feel that we need, right? Uh, we all have... Um, I really want this job or relationship or, or just amazing studies or things like that. Uh, we have very deep desires in our heart that we always uh, really want. Uh, but there's this fear. There's this uh, fear that God will say no. Um, and we know, similar to Jonah, we know that our God is loving. We know our God is loving. He is forgiving as well. Uh, I mean, he's willing to go preach to, to Nineveh as well to, to try and save them. Uh, or he uses Jonah to, to try and do that. Um, but sometimes that, there's a disparity between God is so great, God is so loving, God is so kind, but at the same time, I still can't get that job, right? There's that disparity between God is so grand, we all know that God is sovereign, God is salvation, um, heaven rules, but at the same time, I still can't do my studies. I'm struggling with this assignment, right? I'm struggling with loneliness, I'm struggling to, um, I don't know, Whatever you're struggling with, there's something so small which it feels God is so grand and God is all, all goodness, all grandness, but it doesn't quite address the problem that we are suffering now, right? And that's kind of the relationship between there's that satisfaction that we can't quite get and how good God is, right? And that right there, that gap, is the lack of confidence. And that kind of takes me into my first point, which is lacking confidence or lacking confidence. Um, and yeah, at, at the basic level, um, what, what is confidence? Uh, I think I threw up a definition um, there. But confidence is a feeling of trust and firm belief in yourself or others. So there's kind of two bits to it. Trust and firm belief, right? Um, now, I'm not sure what everyone's background is. Uh, some of us might still be seeking. Some of us might be coming to church for a while now, um, firmly and serving faithfully. 
Um, but we, I think we can all agree that there's kind of these two bits uh, to confidence. Um, similar, but not quite the same. Um, let me try and break it down in some analogy for you. Um, who here has a regular hairdressers that they go to? Okay, quite a few of you. Okay, cool, good. Hopefully you can kind of relate. I mean, it doesn't have to be here in the UK if you're from elsewhere. It can be back at home, that's fine. Um, but let's say one day you walk into your hairdressers and there's kind of this new person that you've never seen before. Um, obviously, you go to hairdressers to, there's only one thing you go there for, right? You, to style your hair. Whether you cut it, whether you, whether you dye it or whatever. I mean, I don't get my head massaged, but a lot of girls, sure, I'm sure, do. But we're not going to get into that. Um, but yeah, you go, you, go in, you go in expecting to get your hair styled, right? You, you believe that this place does hairstyling, right? Uh, but let's say you see this new person, and the new person's really excited, greets you at the door and says, wow, you're my first customer. And you walk in, they're like, oh, okay, that's, that's great, that's great. Your first customer today? But then they're like, no, no, first customer ever. <laughs> that, that doesn't fill you with confidence, right? That, there's that, obviously, you believe that this place cuts hair. You believe this place styles hair. They have all the right hair dyes and things like that to tie, dye your hair if you need it. They have water, you'd like to think, to wash your hair if you need it. Um, but this person right in front of you, you don't trust this person to cut your hair. They might be full of, uh, um, they might be full of uh, ecstasy or just really encouraged, really, really bubbly. But there's something not quite right about trusting this person to cut your hair. You'd rather have the usual barber. You'd rather have the usual person cut your hair, right? Um, and so, yeah, that, that's kind of the idea. You believe that this place cuts the hair, but you don't trust this person to cut hair. I think similar to our confidence in God, right? Uh, sometimes well, we, we believe in God. Some of us believe in God. But actually, sometimes we don't quite trust God with his plans, with his grand purpose to satisfy what we want, right? That's the, that's the disparity. That's the lack of confidence there. And you need to. You need both of them to have full-blown full confidence. Amen. Um, I mean, as Christians, we're taught, I mean, in Proverbs 3, verse 26, it says, For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. We, we believe this, we know this, but sometimes acting that out, applying that can be very, very difficult, right? So we're going to get into that. Um, now, Jonah, like many of us, believed. I mean, he was a prophet after all. He believed, but he didn't trust God to satisfy what he wanted. As, as villainous as it may sound, um, he didn't trust God. And so, what does he do? He disobeys, he flees, right? And so we can see in verse 3, actually, um, it's quite hilarious how detailed it is. It says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. So he knows where he's going. He's planned it very well. He, went, he, he even knows the route there. Now, remember back in those days, there's no Google Maps, so he, he has to know somehow. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship, so he knows exactly which ship to board uh, for that port, so he knows exactly which port to go to as well. He knows there's a fee, he knows a fare to pay. Uh, he went abroad and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. So it's very well planned out. He pl probably plans holidays better than some of us here. <laughs> so, yeah, he knows what he's doing. He knows exactly how to get away, or so he thinks. Uh, but he knows exactly how, he, he thinks he knows exactly what he, to get what he wants, right? And some of us are like that. 
we, we see, okay, I see God, I see your plan. That, that looks good, but I'm just going to take a light, slight detour to get what I want, right? And, and that's similar to what we do. We take matters into our own hands. Whether we, we just subconsciously uh, acknowledge it or not, whether we know that we're disobeying God, sometimes we don't know. But actually, the fact that we are deviating from the plan is an act of disobedience. Um, and so sometimes we do that because we cannot see how God has satisfied us, right? And so we choose a different course of action. And so, see, in that moment where we kind of see God's plan or, is, or told God's plan um, and, and kind of see our own needs and our own satisfaction, sometimes that doubt between how does this address this, uh, that's probably our weakest point. Because that's when we start to look for solutions elsewhere. That's when we start to dwell on thoughts, uh, which lead us to temptation. And that's where we start to listen to different voices in our head, uh, which are not from God. Um, I mean, hopefully you all have a consciousness in your mind that tells you, this is not for you. This is, that ice cream looks really good. That kind of thing. I mean, these are, these are things which, which do tempt us. and These they do attract us elsewhere. Uh, because at the end of the day, we are human. Uh, we, are, we are broken, we are weak, and so we sometimes deviate and listen to these voices. And so we place our trust and our ability in something else, but that something else is not God. And so, as we're about to find out in Scripture, um, through Jonah, um, this, this deviation, this uh, separate route, this se separate course of action, uh, doesn't quite lead to the satisfaction that we expect. Um, see, we actually pick and choose to place our trust because a lot of the time we prioritize the satisfaction to then provide the evidence for the trust, right? So you, I see this hairdresser, I know this hairdresser, I trust that hairdresser because they've cut my hair before, they've done a good job before. Um, sometimes even us as believers, we might think, God, if you provide this, then I will trust you. Then I will do this for you. It's not quite how God wanted it to be. Maybe it's actually in trusting him, then we are satisfied, right? Uh, let me just close. Sorry, I meant close the point, not the whole thing. <laughs> Some of you really woke up there. Yeah, close the point. Um, not, the, not the whole thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, sorry, let's come back to Jonah. Um, see, this well-planned trip doesn't quite turn out as expected, as we know. Um, see, at the end of chapter one, if you read on, uh, Jonah is actually ended up swallowed by a great fish, or a whale, as some translations might call it. Uh, but if we actually turn to chapter two, uh, which hopefully shouldn't be too far from where you turn to in your Bible, um, this is a really, really powerful verse. I'll, I'll read it out. It says, Jonah chapter 2 says, From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the de dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. 
seaweed wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, and beneath uh, the, uh, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. Where my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. But I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And verse 10 says, And the Lord commanded the fish, and it vomited Jonah out onto dry land. So we can see through Jonah's decision to, to redirect his confidence just to himself. Um, this actually leads him to um, being thrown in the depths, to being in the pit. He finds himself in the pit. Um, but that's where it brings me to my second point, which is being lifted in confidence. So you see, there's two bits you can extract from this. Um, one is prayer is so important, right? Uh, I mean, in Jonah's prayer, we see him come to God in humility, uh, which is what we need to do when we come in prayer. It's a state of humbleness. Uh, but it's in that humility we, where he acknowledges who God is, right? Uh, and that's why prayer is so important, because it's not only just about us talking to God, but it actually reminds us of who God is, right? It reminds us that we can be confident in him. It reminds, me that, it reminds us that we can be, rely on him to give us strength, to give us hope, to give us assurance as well. I mean, even as I was coming up here, I think most of you could tell I was very tense. I was just like, <laughs> I mean, preaching is, pre preaching is not easy. Um, but I think, I mean, there's so many different ways where we can gain and just be more relaxed, which is through prayer. Uh, I mean, I prayed with Joe. It was really, really good because, I mean, that prayer really helped as well. Uh, even just also in worship as well, even through the worship team. Uh, it was really powerful to just be led in worship to just... Um, just be taught to just relax. It's not about a performance. It's not about us. It's not about um, making sure church looks right or sounds right, but really just about obeying God and just coming here to Him and just enjoying that time with Him. Amen. That's why prayer is so important as well. Another thing is that Jonah is actually taught a really valuable lesson in chapter 2. Um, see, a lot of us, when we disobey God or are really scared of, of losing what we, what we desperately seek or de desperately want. Um, we sometimes feel that we can just be punished, just like, like God's kind of a teacher, just, just um, berates us almost. But God isn't like that, as you see here. Um, so you see, even when Jonah finds himself in the depths, um, it, it might seem like he's just being punished. I mean, God sent the seas, God sent the waves and the great, great storms. Um, but even despite Jonah's dis uh, dis disobedience, even despite the fact that Jonah turned away, um, God still came and listened to him. God still came back and pulled him from the pit. And that, that, that's the idea. I think Sun Tao also mentioned it during worship as well. The powerful thing about God is that he can listen to us anytime. It's not just about when we are, have a good, good track record of, of doing our devotion. It's not just about having a good track record of coming to church on time or things like that. But God listens to us anytime. And he is a lot closer than you think. He's always tending to us. He's always taking care of us. But that's the thing. God wants you to call to him as well. Uh, and through, even through this prayer, Jonah calls to God. And even just from on that, you can just see that God is willing to just pull him up, willing to support him, willing to, willing to just take care of him, even despite all the disobedience, even despite Jonah's um, ability to just turn away. 
See, some of us might be sat here just looking to put our confidence somewhere. See, we've tried different things. We've even tried church. Uh, some of us, uh, but, but, but we've just found ourselves in the pit. We've just found ourselves in the deep. Uh, we're trying to find a way out. Um, some of us instead might be a bit earlier where we're running from God. Uh, whether you know it, whether you, whether you acknowledge it or don't know it, it's well. Uh, either way, we're scared of losing what we desperately want, right? But actually, maybe it's time to trust God, to put your trust and build your confidence back on him, to call upon God to pull you out of the pit. And so, as I just mentioned as well, in, in prayer, acknowledging and believing in God is also to acknowledge how broken we are, right? Because we acknowledge our mistakes, we acknowledge our disobedience, uh, we acknowledge our sinful nature as well. But we need God to tend to us as well, not just rescue us from the pit. Because God isn't a God who just saves us and just, just leaves us, but God really wants to tend to us, right? Uh, in Isaiah chapter 40, Verse 11, it says, He tends to his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. See, he tends to his flock like a shepherd. God doesn't just save us and then just leaves us to roam around and, just, and that's it. Uh, but God really wants to take care of each and every one of us. He wants to transform us from the inside out. But Again, tending is not just a one-time thing. Tending is to regularly, regularly interact, to frequently visit, right? And that comes to my final point, which is lasting confidence. How do we achieve that? How do we achieve lasting confidence? Uh, after all, confidence can do a lot. <laughs> um, this actually links back to what Rora's a sermon last week on, on solid foundation. Uh, I'm just going to read from Luke chapter 6, uh, the same, same verses that Rora read from. It says, As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, they are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When a flood came, the torrents struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without foundation. Um, thanks, Rora. Um, teamwork makes the dream work. Yes. Um, but yeah, confidence is like the sturdiness of the rock, the, the ability for it to build a foundation, to get that foundation, right? Because we're instructed to, to build uh, on solid rock. But a lot of the time, See, see, God emphasizes the importance of obedience, which what Rora was mentioning last week as well. Obedience is so key to all this. But obedience is so hard. <laughs> um, God, God really is trying to work in us um, through direction. He's trying to tend to us through direction, through instruction. But that requires us to respond. Amen. But even as believers, we really don't like the word obedience or consistency uh, because obedience is not easy. Uh, obedience, many times it takes us down a different road, uh, which kind of leads us against what we really want. Um, but actually, as we are more confident, our belief and trust in God grows. And so our confidence grows as well. Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> well, it wasn't quite scripted here, but um, one of the best things about obedience, and, and there's so many different examples of it, um, 
I mean, I think I mean I remember the first time I saw Tiong preach. Um, he was actually not only preaching, but he was chairing as well, and also doing worship practice worship. So imagine chairing, passing on to the worship team, which is the same person, passing on to this preaching, which is the same person. Um, that you can say takes a lot of confidence, but more so than that, takes a lot of obedience, right? Um, because we can, come, uh, we can come up here with our talents and our abilities, um, but at the end of the day, it's really about obeying God. Uh, and that's where the power comes in. Uh, we don't take the privilege of, of being able to say these words and hopefully transform people. We don't take that power onto ourselves and think, oh, I did that. Uh, but it's really about God. And so really just like that, that inspired me as well to realize, yeah, it's really not about the words that you write for this for a sermon. It's not about how we teach homes. It's not about the words specifically we pray. Um, but really it's just about obedience, right? That's the most powerful thing that we can do as Christians as well. Um, and, and even as a leader, it, being a leader can be hard because we're stretched to do all these different things like, like preach, take us out of our comfort zone. Um, but, and, and sometimes being a leader is very hard because there are all these different things that it really does feel stretching. And even as I said before, it takes us against what we really want. I mean, I just want to sit and do XTV, kind of like <laughs> behind the scenes kind of thing. But without giving the opportunity to preach, uh, that exercise of obedience is really there and really powerful, right? Yeah. And to give, give us the, the ability to stretch and, and trust God more. Um, and, and really just doing church as well. I mean, I'm sure Tom will tell you many, many times, it takes a lot of obedience to say yes, uh, to come and do church on a Saturday, to come and do church on a day where you'd want to wake up and just have a lie-in, right? Um, I mean, weekends are precious to all of us. <laughs> um, but yeah, it really takes a lot of obedience uh, to be stretched, to, to exercise that belief and trust uh, in the Lord. Um, and even as I'm about to close soon, uh, maybe you can get the worship team to come up. But um, see, we all love like that rescue story, that idea where God pulls us from the pit. Um, and those are very powerful testimonies. Um, I mean, we see so many incidents and so many cases where we see lives transformed. Uh, we see uh, people just like take a massive U-turn from the direction they were going. And those are really powerful. And even in church, we're, we're always sorting people to, to share those because they are inspiring. They are really powerful. Um, but actually, transformation also comes in the form of rehab. And what is that? Um, some of us might be sitting here like, oh, never touched drugs in my life. <laughs> I mean, which is, which, is, which is also true. But what is the rehab in, in this scenario, in this context? Well, actually, rehab is the discipline, um, the ability to pray regularly, uh, the ability to, to do devotion regularly, uh, the ability to come to church regularly, um, to apply as word, to, to even just root down in the community, uh, to even just serve in community. Um, and community is, can be really daunting for a lot of us. Um, that 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 because it makes us to share, it makes us want to have to share, which in the context of even in homes sometimes where we ask a personal question, the room is just silent. Like, I mean, th th those are cases that as leaders we hate. We're, we're sort of, but the idea of community is to encourage us. Um, the idea of community is to um, really just encourage us to walk in obedience with God. 
um, each and every one of us has a role here to play where to encourage each other to uh, just speak uh, life into someone's situation, uh, to just encourage them to keep on going, to keep on being obedient. Uh, and that's really so important about uh, community. Um, and yeah, it is hard to open up about weaknesses and insecurities in community. Um, but that's ironically a good way of building trust. Uh, it's a good way to uh, explore what your limits are in terms of trust. Uh, and through obedience, uh, through walking with God, um, you actually get to expand that trust. Uh, not just in people, but also in God. Uh, because you see how much God is really doing and working in not just your life, but in other people's lives as well. Uh, and all stitches together and how it all knits together. But yeah, the rehab is really just the discipline or the obedience of, of restoring and just that strengthening of faith, right? Um, and, and it's in the strengthening of faith that leads to uh, the strengthening of our confidence in God. And that's how, that's the secret <laughs> to lasting confidence. Uh, why don't we just uh, stand up and uh, lead us in prayer. Father Lord, I want to thank you for this privilege again to just bask in your presence. Lord, we really don't want to do church without you. Lord, whether we come here because we really lack confidence, whether we come here because we have found ourselves in the pit, whether we've just come here out of curiosity, looking for somewhere to put our trust, somewhere to put our faith, Lord. Lord, we want to just bring it all back to you. Lord, we were going to come here just to worship you. Uh, Lord, we want to uh, really just be assured by you. Uh, Lord, we want to thank you for all that you are. We thank you that you are good, Lord. Um, so, Lord, we want to pray and just, uh, I just want to pray over each and every person here who uh, might be in a pit, Lord, who might feel that there's no escape, uh, that they're stuck in the depths, Lord. Uh, Lord, we want to pray that you just pull them out. Uh, Lord, we want to pray that you just reassure them and say, I am here, I am ready for you. And Lord, we want to pray that we can just continue to lean on you, continue to draw our strength from you, Lord. Uh, Lord, I, I don't know who, who needs to hear this word, Lord, but I believe that uh, there are some of us here uh, who really might be stuck. Uh, we have nowhere to go, nowhere to put our trust, put our faith, Lord. Uh, but Lord, we want to just thank you and just remind, thank you that for this reminder that we can, be, we can put our trust in you, Lord. Lord, it might be scary. Uh, it's a big step of faith, Lord. Uh, but Lord, little by little, as we put our trust in you, Lord, uh, we can see uh, even just the fruits of your kingdom just grow within each and every one of us, Lord. And so, Lord, we want to pray and just thank you for just being here, uh, being there for us, Lord, uh, even in times of darkness, uh, and especially as well in the times of light as well, Lord. Uh, Lord, we want to thank you for who you are, Lord. Lord, we also want to just pray and just... Um, pray over different ones who even might be struggling to, to see how your goodness and your grandness might be addressing their situation, Lord. Whether it be looking for a job, whether it be looking for a place to stay, whether it be their studies, their assignments, their exams, uh, whether it even just be rooting in community, Lord. Uh, Lord, we want to pray again just for uh, that ability and that opportunity to just put our trust in you, Lord. Uh, Lord, we know that you are working a good thing in each and every one of us, Lord. And so, Lord, we want to pray that we just continue to be obedient to you. Uh, Lord, it might be hard. 
It might be difficult. Uh, but Lord, we want to just be reminded that you are doing a good thing in each and every one of us, Lord. And so, Lord, we want to just work with you in obedience. We want to walk with you in obedience, Lord. And Lord, we want to pray and just declare um, that we can just uh, be comforted by you and be assured by you, Lord. And Lord, we want to just strengthen our faith as well this morning, Lord. And in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.